there is a very real chance that in the swing states this election, the state popular vote will not be used to appoint the electors for the Electoral College from those states. Before we dive in, in case you haven't listened to some of the previous episodes, when we vote for president, we're not voting for president. We're voting for electors, literal people whose job it is to, on December 14th of the presidential election year, vote for the president and the vice president on our behalf. And in previous elections, the norm has been that those electors are pledged to vote for whoever won the state popular vote. If Donald Trump wins Wisconsin, then all of the electors from Wisconsin are supposed to vote for Donald Trump on December 14th. But let it be very, very clear. Whoever wins the presidency is the person who gets 270 or more of the 538 electoral votes from these electors. The popular vote doesn't matter. The state popular vote doesn't matter. It's the electoral votes that matter. Now let's talk about why let's talk about why things might be different this year. On November 3rd, Donald Trump is very likely to be ahead because more Republicans are going to vote in person than Democrats. More Democrats are going to be voting by mail and mail-in ballots don't get counted in many states until after election day, which means that Donald Trump may well be ahead in some, if not all, of the swing states on election day. He will then tweet that he won the election, and he will use his power and his Twitter handle to sow doubt in any election swings that happen because of the counting of mail-in ballots. He has been setting this up for months by trying to claim that mail-in ballots are fraudulent. And he will use that to sow doubt in any election results that happen after election day. That's number one. Number two is that there is going to be foreign interference in our election. It's already happened. I saw a headline today that the FBI says that Russia and Iran have already been interfering in our elections. Russia is going to, Iran is going to, China probably will as well. And there will also be false reports, misinformation reports of foreign interference. There will be both real and fake foreign interference. There will also be voter suppression. There was a consent decree that went into effect in the 90s that basically prevented Republicans from some of the most stringent voter intimidation tactics that they used to use. And that consent decree expired in 2018. So best believe that Republicans are going to be watching polls. There are going to be off-duty cops that are going to show up with guns and walkie-talkies to try to intimidate away people from voting, especially in Democratic cities in urban centers where there are more black and Hispanic people at the polls. On top of that, there are going to be plenty of mistakes that people make with mail-in voting. Voting by mail is harder than voting in person because you don't have someone there who can answer a question for you or help you correct a mistake. 
There are going to be people who write their name instead of signing their name. There are going to be people who sign their name on the wrong line. There are going to be people who write down a date that is after the election or a date that doesn't even exist. There are people who are going to do their signature in a way that doesn't match their signature registered with their polling place. There's going to be all types of reasons that mail-in ballots are going to throw out and be thrown out. And when you combine all of these factors, what do you get? You get an election where we don't really know who won. When you have one side that is doing everything they can to suppress the vote and so doubt that there was any election result, plus you have plenty of mail-in ballots that were mistakenly submitted and so don't end up counting, you have the grounds for a constitutional crisis because we're going to be in a situation where potentially these swing states are not going to know or are not going to be able to decisively say who won the popular vote in that state. And that's that's where we turn to the Electoral College. Because again, the state legislatures are responsible for selecting the electors in the Electoral College. And this usually happens, this usually happens by selecting electors who are pledged to vote for whoever won the popular vote in that state. If they cannot determine who won the popular vote, the state legislatures are going to take back that power and they are going to appoint their own electors. And this is where it gets really tricky. Every single swing state, the state legislatures in those swing states are controlled by Republicans. I remember when I read that and I was like, oh, fuck. And by the way, almost everything I'm saying is parroting from an Atlantic article called The Election That Could Break America. What if Trump refuses to concede? So if you want to go really, really deep, type that into your favorite search engine. Anyway, the Republicans control the state legislature in all of these swing states, which means in the event that there are no election results, they can appoint Trump electors. They can just do it. They can literally just decide to throw out any of the people that voted and just decide to appoint Trump electors. And they very likely will. They very likely will. Now, there is one thing that the Democrats have in their favor. The election results need to be certified by the governor. And in four of the six swing states, the governor is a Democrat. So what that means is that the the Democrats still have a little bit of power. But where this gets tricky is that the governor is meant to certify the election results. If the Republicans, with their power, can convince everyone that there were no election results, then they can send their own slate of electors. And so what will probably happen is that you will have rival sets of electors. Literally, you will have Trump electors sent by the state legislature, and you will have Democratic electors sent by the state Democratic Party and with the consent of the governor in those states where the governor is Democratic. And what that means is that on December 14th, when the electors meet, to vote for the president and the vice president. You may literally have rival sets of electors in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, in Florida, in Michigan, in other states. At the same time, voting for president as if they are the true slate of electors. And that has happened before in our history. And it's very, very complicated what happens next. What would happen next is on January 6th, 
the Senate and the House meet to certify the electoral count. Now, usually, this is not a big deal because usually we decide electors based on the state popular vote. The state popular vote is very, very clear. We know who won on election day. None of this even matters. But this year, it's really, really going to matter. It's really, really going to matter. On January 6th, the Senate and the House meet. And Vice President Mike Pence, who is also the president of the Senate, gets to lay out all of the electoral votes and count them. Now, this is where it gets tricky because for every single swing state, there are going to be two sets of votes. Now, if the Senate and the House are controlled by Republicans, then there is a very easy path for Donald Trump to be reelected for a second term. Because basically what happens is the Constitution says on January 6th, the Senate and the House meet and the president of the Senate counts the votes. Now, Pence could absolutely just go ahead and count all of the Trump electors, and then Trump is the president of the United States. However, if the Democrats somehow manage to win back the Senate, then Pence is going to have much less power to do that. And then all roads actually lead to Joe Biden becoming president. What's more likely to happen is that the Republicans hold on to the Senate and the Democrats hold on to the House. And then on January 6th, when Pence tries to appoint all of these Trump electors, Nancy Pelosi basically just tells the House to leave, right? Because the Constitution says that Mike Pence, not him, the vice president, the president of the Senate, must count with both the Senate and the House in the chamber. (laughs) Uh, Politics is fun, isn't it? (laughs) So in the situation that the House and the Senate are split, the Electoral Count Act becomes very, very important. And honestly, this is the point in the article where it becomes very, very confusing and where my own knowledge of what happens next is, is, is less concrete. There's a few things that could happen. The Electoral Count Act says one of two things, or it can be read one of two ways. It can be read that only electors certified by the governor can count, or it can be read that if there is no certification or the election results are not clear, or there are a rival slate of electors, that the electors can be thrown out. So literally all the electoral votes from a state from Wisconsin would just be thrown out. And that's actually really, really bad for Democrats. Because what that means is that if certain electoral votes in swing states are thrown out, neither Donald Trump nor Joe Biden might get to the magical number of 270 electoral votes. And the reason that's bad is because then if the electoral vote count cannot determine the president, it goes to the House of Representatives to decide. And originally, when I read that, I was hyped because I was like, oh, the Democrats control the House. That's good. But no. (laughs) But no, when it goes to the House, it's a one vote per state election. And apparently there are 26 Republican states and 24 Democratic states. And so likely Donald Trump would win. Now, there is cause for hope. There is another situation where before this gets thrown into the House, Nancy Pelosi could actually just stall for as long as possible, and then she could potentially actually become the president, which is a really weird turn in all of this. But we've gone pretty deep in the weeds. The main point that I want to just like punch across with this episode is the point that I made at the beginning, that it is very likely 
in this election in the swing states in particular that we are not going to be able to settle on a state popular vote and that the Republican state legislatures are just going to appoint their own electors. And that's going to confuse a lot of people. It's going to confuse a lot of people. And so it's very important that you understand this and then potentially try to inform your friends and family about this because we're going to go through a really interesting period. Interesting is the wrong word. A really frightening period of November and December filled with street protests and people trying to explain what's going on. And when you think about the two Americas that exists on the continental United States, there is just going to be so much different information going back and forth and so little nuance and so little space for facts. I just think it's important that we communicate these ideas beforehand so that people remember this when it comes time for these things to actually be relevant. 